0: Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk-takers, the game-changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet,
1: check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED.
2: My next guest tonight is a Democratic congressman from Northern California who has been spending a
1: lot... It happened on The Late Show Iowa. with Stephen Colbert. Democratic East Show. Bay Congressman Eric, Eric Swalwell told Colbert that the politics in Washington aren't helping people. He says there's too much student debt, there's too much gun violence.
2: I'm ready to solve these problems. I'm running for president of the United States.
1: <laughs> the 38-year-old from Dublin is the second Bay Area presidential candidate. And very different from his hometown competitor, Kamala Harris.
0: I think when Eric Swalwell walks in a room, he doesn't
1: necessarily light it up. You know, he's not that kind of guy. So why is Swalwell, some dude from the suburbs, joining a Democratic primary full of political stars? I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to The Band. So were you surprised to hear that Eric Swalwell was running for president?
0: No, at least not this week. I mean, I was surprised when I first heard it a few months ago
1: that he was thinking about it. Scott Schaefer is senior editor of KQED's Politics and Government Desk. And he's also the co-host of the Political Breakdown podcast. First thing you
0: think about is, well, does anybody know who he is? But, you know, this is an unusual year.
1: So let's talk about who he is, because I, I know he's a congressman who represents parts of uh, Alameda and Contra Costa counties. We hear him on the radio all the time. We do see him on the TV. Um, but what's his background like?
2: Well, he comes from Iowa. I was born there. Yeah, I was born in uh, northwest Iowa. My dad was a cop. Dad was a cop, fire chief. Uh, mom was a homemaker. My mom raised us boys made wedding cakes in our kitchen, dollhouses in the garage. They ran sort of, an, in his words, an unlicensed childcare
0: facility in their <laughs> house. He's sort of an everyman. Uh, he, he has that kind of low-key, solid, not flashy, but really kind of dependable uh, demeanor. And I think that's what Eric Swalwell brings to the race.
1: When did he come to the Bay Area?
0: So he was born in Iowa. There, his family left when he was about six. We uh, moved to Oregon and then up and down California and settled in Dublin. They settled in the East Bay. Um, he uh, went to high school in Dublin. He was on the Dublin City Council. Uh, he has been active in sort of local politics. Uh, so he he's very well rooted you know, in the East Bay.
1: He was a Dublin Council member in 2011 when he decided to run for Congress. How did he make his run for Congress?
0: Well, Pete Stark was the incumbent Democrat, and he had been in Congress since 1973, that's seven years before Eric Swalwell was born. That's a long time. Long time. And he was entrenched. He was also one of the most liberal, if not the most liberal members of the House of Representatives. But he had kind of, like a lot of long-term members of Congress, he had kind of grown distant from the district. You know, he was living essentially in Maryland, Mm -hmm. rarely came back. He was kind of remote. And Eric Swalwell recognized that and thought, you know, I could beat this
1: guy when no one else really thought he could. Swalwell ended up winning with just over 50% of the vote. And one of the things that helped him win was redistricting. The legislative maps were redrawn to include more moderate cities, including Swalwell's hometown of Dublin.
0: Because Stark was more liberal, it enabled Swalwell to kind of appeal to the more you know, moderate conservative members of that district, and he ended up winning. There's no question that Eric Swalwell has made a name for himself. On MSNBC and CNN, he is a consistent, loud critic of Donald
2: Trump. This is Watergate Plus, right? Uh, pages of lies of Trump campaign. I mean, we joke that sometimes, does he pay rent there? Because you know, he must have a little room where he right. sleeps. What we value, democracy, human rights, uh, a rule of law, that's at stake.
0: And he's been unafraid, I think, to, to call Trump those things. And partly that's because he is in a very safe Democratic district. To a certain extent, I think Eric Swalwell is a young man in a hurry. You know, he didn't serve very long on the Dublin City Council before he jumped into this congressional race. And now he's been in Congress just a little
2: over six years, and he's running for president. I'm ready to solve these problems. I'm running for
1: president of the United States.
2: <laughs> that's official. Thank you. It's official. Now it's official. Boy, did it feel
1: good to say that. Why do you think he decided to announce on Colbert's show? To honor you announcing on our show. I'm giving you a very coveted. I announced on the Late Show yeah. with Stephen Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably the
0: biggest audience that he could get. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it's a big audience, and, a and it's a young audience, audience yeah. too. He I, looked a little nervous. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> this is. I'm sure the probably the biggest audience he's ever spoken okay, thank to. Thank
2: you so much. Yep. Good luck with the campaign.
0: All right, thank you, Eric Swall is 38 years old. He's also one of maybe two or three people running for
1: president who's 40 or under. Why do we think we're seeing so many young people running for president?
0: A lot of younger leadership, whether they're in Congress or in, you know, out in the community, they kind of feel like the older generation has failed to address some of the big issues, whether it's climate change, gun control.
2: I talk to kids who sit in their classroom afraid. Student loan debt. I talk to people who are just like me who are the first in their family to go to college. They've got a lot of student debt, can't buy a home, can't start a business.
0: And these are the kinds of issues that Eric Swalwell plans to run on.
2: And none of that is gonna change until we get a leader who is willing to go big on the issues we take on, be bold in the solutions we offer, and do good in the way that we govern.
0: And I think he's really trying to identify and does identify with younger voters. Like, hey, you know, we're here and we wanna make a
2: difference.
1: When you consider the other candidates and when you consider that a lot of them are people of color or um, people who aren't the white guy candidate, what do you think Swalwell offers when you compare him to the rest of the candidates?
0: Well, I don't know that he does. You know, I think that's really the risk for him is, is there a lane, you know, that he can distinctly occupy? I think when Eric Swalwell walks in a room, he doesn't necessarily light it up. You know, he's not that kind of guy. He's not going to be standing on top of tables, uh, wildly gesticulating in Iowa. <laughs> That's not his style. Right, right. You know, he's a very sort of serious uh, person who takes on, you know, big issues. You know, I think he does come across as somebody who can relate to the average person. You know, somebody who comes from a solid Republican family. Actually, his dad and mom are both Trump supporters. They have Trump pence magnets on their refrigerator
2: they're conflicted but you know they're sticking with uh, the president so yeah we have our own battles over you know these issues i mean there's a lot of respect
0: you know so i think uh, he probably hopes to relate to people in the middle of the country in the way that say maybe a kamala harris will have a harder time doing
1: Do you know what the Democrats want? I mean, the Democrats are going to have a huge say in in who they're backing and and the type of candidate they want to put forward.
0: You've got sort of people vote on their head and on their heart. You know, on their head, Democratic voters are thinking, who can win in November of 2020? Who's the best candidate? And then you've got your heart. Like, who would you like to see if you could just wave a magic wand and see this person be president? Who would it be? I don't think Eric Swalwell does that well on that measure on the heart, on the heart, because he's not someone like a Beto O'Rourke or a Kamala Harris or a right. Bernie Sanders, where you get really um, impassioned followers who just will you know, walk across hot coals for you. Uh, not yet anyway. Right. Uh, but I think a lot of people could look at him and think, you know, he could win in, in November.
1: Might the primary, the Democratic primary be a harder race for him than going up against Donald Trump?
0: Absolutely. The Democratic primary is a very difficult race for all people who are running because there are so many candidates running and they all have different strengths and weaknesses and characteristics and issues. Having the nomination is going to be a very valuable thing because the president is vulnerable. And there may well be an argument to be made that somebody who can appeal to, you know, those working class voters in Michigan and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, Iowa, you know, might have a better chance of beating Donald Trump. On the other hand, you could say, well, no, the reason Hillary Clinton lost is that African Americans in Detroit and Milwaukee and Chicago didn't come out in big numbers because they weren't that excited by Hillary Clinton. And and so there's different arguments that will be made as to exactly what kind of candidate has the best chance of winning.
2: Oh, what's up, (laughs) Oakland?
1: So the other Bay Area candidate who's running for president, Kamala Harris, She has really big name recognition, and I feel like Swalwell and Harris are two very different types of candidates.
0: We are here because the American dream and our American democracy are under attack and on the line like never before. Kamala Harris has excited a lot of people because she's a woman of color and her candidacy is historic her nomination would be historic and obviously if she wins that would also be historic and so that alone excites people uh, she's doing very well in the what we call the first primary which is fundraising you know she's uh, raised about 12 million dollars you know not a huge amount but very respectable uh, she's i think widely regarded in that top tier of candidates along with Biden and Sanders and Beto O'Rourke and maybe Elizabeth Warren right. so uh, you know i think right now we're at this you know early Part of the primary, I, I think she probably regards Swalwell as kind of a little flea, you know, <laughs> that she's going to just flick off her shoulder.
1: How big of a hill do you think Eric Swalwell has to climb to get the Democratic nominee for president? It sounds like it's it sounds like it's big.
0: He's got a hill about as big as Mount Diablo to climb, <laughs> which I think might be in his district, so he's probably climbed it before. <laughs> but this one is a little more uh, arduous, I would say. You know, uh, he's got a lot of competition. He's got a lot of obstacles. And it, it's early, so that's good. Uh, but he, he's got a really steep climb.
1: Congressman Swalwell says he's all in for his run for president, which means at this point he's not running for reelection in California's 15th district. But Scott says if things don't pan out with his presidential run, he has until December 6th to file for his East Bay seat. Scott Schaefer is senior editor of KQED's Politics and Government Desk, and he's also the co-host of the Political Breakdown podcast. Swalwell was actually a guest back in August, so you can find that interview and subscribe to Political Breakdown wherever you get your shows. Also, you can now follow this show on Twitter. We're at The Bay KQED. We'll tell you what's coming up on the show and let you in on some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff. You can also tweet at us and, of course, tell others about the podcast and what you're listening to. It's the very best way for The Bay to get to more people. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for The Bay. Talk to you Friday. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.
0: Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's hey, podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of The Bay and beyond with reliable, human centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED.
1: Showing your support is easy and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED podcasts too at donate.kqed.org/podcast. That's donate.kqed.org/podcast.